I'd like to welcome you out to another episode of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross. And I'm Chris Johnson. And today we're going to be talking about our carry guns. We've been getting a lot of questions, people asking us, what do you carry? Why do you carry? And whatnot. So, uh, it has to be an evolution. I mean, we can't just jump into that. It's taken some process to get here. Absolutely. So as we talked about doing this podcast, it just started to grow because I realized, well, I want to bring this gun. I want to talk about that gun. It's an evolution. Yeah. We, we didn't just wake up one day and be like, oh, the Glock 19. <laughs> That's right. So then we thought we'd, uh, since we're going to be doing this and we had all these guns, might as well to give it a whirl and, and actually film this one. So we'll be, be filming it, and at some point in the near future, we'll be putting it out on, on YouTube. So if part of this conversation, if you, something strikes your fancy, you want to take a look and see what it is that we're, uh, we're talking about, what we're displaying, or our personal gun, then you guys can reference that, that YouTube page and, and check it out. Sounds good. All right. I'll, ju- I'll jump right okay, in. Okay, go um, for it. You know, I'm, you know this very well. You've known me for a long time. I'm very late to the carry game. I carried for work and work purposes long before I carried as a civilian. Um, you know, I, I didn't grow up with firearms like you did. It, it wasn't um, something that was part of my everyday. They, they were a work thing. And it was that realization when I was, hey, I'm carrying a gun in, you know, foreign city that is actually safer than my own hometown that I'm walking around with my family. And that was when I was like, okay, you know what? I have the skills. I know what I, I know how to handle a weapon. And I live in a more dangerous area than this place that I'm <laughs> walking around carrying a gun. So right. I went ahead and that's when I made my choice to uh, carry. And the very first thing that I went into, maybe like a lot of you guys out there, you know, I had pistols at that point. Um, you know, I was 45 as is the Lord's round and that's what you should do. So I went with the, the M and P, uh, 45 shield. Um, this little pistol was my care everyday carry for a very, very long time. Very happy with it. Uh, very comfortable. Liked the way that it shot had no complaints. Um, and it was similar enough to what I was carrying, uh, for concealed purposes at work. You know, the, the Glock 26. Um, oh, really? You had a 26? You didn't have a 19? So what I was doing, we had 26s and we had 19s. Okay, okay. Uh, but when we were in plain clothes, uh, we would carry the, the 26s with the uh, 19 magazines uh, because a little bit smaller footprint. Yep. And uh, so, you know, when I made that jump to my civilian purchase, well, I don't like Glocks. So I'm not going to buy a Glock. I'm not going to buy a Glock 26 because I really don't like that pistol. Um, so I went with an M&P. Um, I had an M&P at the time, full size, and you know I was happy with that. It was in a 45, so of course I was getting a 45. Now I am late to the carry game, but it was long enough ago that 45 was still relatively cheap, and you know the the difference between nine mil and 45. The cost wasn't a issue in picking your uh, defensive round, so yeah, that's that's where I started. Okay, well, as if you're a longtime listener, as you know, I I started carrying when I was was 21. I celebrated my 21st my 21st birthday by going down and applying for my concealed carry permit. I got it, went and I, I purchased my first pistol, 
which was the first of a few mistakes I've made with pistols. It was a Taurus PT-101, which I don't have anymore. I, I sold it just to some poor, you know, pass that problem on to somebody else. But for those of you that, that don't know, it's basically a Taurus uh, reproduction of the Beretta uh, 96. You know, so I'm, I'm holding up a, a Beretta here so you guys can see what I'm talking about. But only this one here was, is that Taurus was chambered in 40 cal. Because you want the best of both worlds, right? <laughs> that, that, you know? That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So that thing was, that thing was definitely a, uh, a mistake. But I had some fun with it. Um, I think one of the most adventurous uh, things I ever did with that pistol was um, I was working multiple jobs at the time. And um, I was going to be punching out for a couple of years. So I needed to buy a couple of suits before I left. So I went down to, it was Park City. I forget the name of the actual store, but Park City in, um, in, in Lancaster. And there was a, I don't know if it's Joseph A. Banks or oh, whatever the, the name of the store was anymore. But I, So I walked in there and uh, with my normal clothes, my normal attire to buy these suits. So I didn't even think about it. Afterwards, I was going to be working at one of my jobs, which was teller at a, at a gas station, you know, pr pretty, pretty sexy job. So I was going to carry. So I was carrying and I was carrying an appendix. And this nice guy, he goes to, uh, goes to size me and he's got the measuring tape. And it wasn't until he was standing behind me and he's starting to reach around my, my, my stomach uh, to measure my waist when I realized I've... I've, I've got this pistol and then and like at the knucklehead that I was I just froze uh, I didn't know what to do so the professional that he was he reached around he felt the firearm he then I felt him like stiffen like realize what it was and then he slowly took the tape put it behind the pistol against my waist took the measurement he didn't say anything I didn't say anything because I was so embarrassed. Well, those of you who don't know, um, you know, a lot of people that are in the witness protection program are <laughs> relocated to uh, the Southwest. So, you know, he uh -huh. he may have fitted someone with a suit wearing a gun before in his previous he, life. He, maybe he did. Yeah. But then uh, I magically got a 70% discount when I when I went and I, I paid for those two suits that day. So I don't know where it came from. I didn't but, ask. Like, but... like I said, in his previous <laughs> life, you know. So... Starting carrying when I, when I was 21, I had no training, no knowledge. Shoot, I don't even think YouTube was a thing at the time. I really didn't know what I was doing. For a while, I was even carrying, uh, you know, with, with with nothing, just a tight belt and shoving it in my waist, um, which is, you know, stupid. But thankfully, I, I didn't injure myself and started to learn and started to get training, started to get educated and stuff to yeah. uh, to progress to, you know, to where I'm at now. That That's one of the great things in my case. When I started carrying, I had already had years of carrying professionally overseas. I already knew what holsters worked. I've already done all the drills of, you know, drawing from the concealed. I had already had the experience of, you know, I carry at the three o'clock because that's where I carry my tactical pistol and then getting taught the correct way to carry it, <laughs> carrying the appendix. And, uh, you know, I, I had already less learned those lessons in the, um, in the professional world so that when I jumped over, I had that benefit. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, as we're teaching the everyday carry courses and things like that, sometimes I'll get that individual who's embarrassed that like, oh, well, I don't carry all the time. And I'm like, 
hey, if you're not comfortable, then don't. You want to learn. I mean, it it was literally this century before I carried a gun. You know, I mean, I, I had been carrying it for work for many years. Um, but once I made that, that realization that, yeah, I'm carrying a gun, it's been a 24-7 every day uh, process for me. And I, I go through the ritual and the routine of getting ready and being prepared for it. I, I think that... Uh, like you said, there was no YouTube. Yeah. There, there wasn't the training courses. That's one of the great things in this day and age. There's a lot of fluff out there. We'll, we'll call it fluff. You're being, um, you're being generous. I'm being, yeah. I'm being polite. Um, but there is so much good stuff if you're willing to put in the effort. And, you know, it, it's not just uh, the brain sweat of reading articles and watching videos. Actually trying stuff out for yourself and finding out what is right for you. And it may be you, you may land where everyone before you has landed, or it could be someplace completely different. And you have, because you put in the effort, you're there because of you. Not, well, it was a shortcut. You know, I see that the Army has gone to the, uh, the, the SIG, so I'm just going to go ahead and pick up a SIG and, mm-hmm. and use that um, and carry that because, well, the Army's carrying it. Am I doing the same thing that the Army is doing? No, I'm walking around buying groceries, you know. Well, let's start then. I already mentioned I, I started with uh, the Taurus as the first one that I bought until I hawked it off on somebody else. What was uh, the first pistol then that, that you got? Uh, so you're setting me up here. But oh. I, was, I brought it. Uh-huh. I brought it. I want to talk about this, okay? Um, let's hear it. Hey, I am 100% a product of Jared's mentorship, okay? <laughs> uh I grew up where this was not a thing for me. Yes, I was in the Army. I was an infantryman. I went to selection. I I became a Green Beret. Uh, Jared and I met, mm, I think we became friends after I had gone to selection. Maybe so. Yeah. Many, many blasts before. I can't remember that well. But uh, throughout the Q course, I'm, you know, becoming an 18 Bravo. I become a weapons sergeant. And uh, I don't own a single firearm. Why do I need to own a gun? I have guns at work. Uh, That's a job thing for me. Uh, It wasn't something that I took home. And uh, so my very first gun... I I was embarrassed for you that I I can't believe this guy's a (laughs) soon to be a certified Green Beret and he he doesn't have a firearm. Yes, yes. And like I said, I'm going to go ahead and fully... Like I said, I brought it. I went and dug it out last night because... People need to know this. I, I came from somewhere. If you're starting this journey, don't compare yourself. Like, I can't compare myself to Jared. The guy has been doing this since he was like four years old. I haven't. We start somewhere. Jared was a good mentor to me, and he hooked me up with one of my all-time favorite pistols, the CZ-52. I love this gun. It is phenomenal. It is fun to shoot. Uh, it's ugly. It is... <laughs> I swear the guy that designed this thing was like, uh, what's the most efficient way to shoot people in the back of the head? And he came up with the CZ-52. Um, but, man, it is a fun pistol to shoot. The cartridge is amazing. Uh, you used to be able to find it a lot easier than you can now. Yeah, it's harder now. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it's a... It's seven, a seven six two by 25. Yeah. So your Tokarov round, um, some of your Russian uh, submachine guns take it. Uh, it's It's a... It's a good cartridge. You know, it's, it's got some capability. 
Um, and it's not an uncomfortable pistol to shoot. It's uncomfortable by modern standards. That, if, that's a good way of putting it. If you're comparing it, you know, I, I like to say this. It's kind of like a classic car. It doesn't have air conditioning. Okay. It doesn't have seatbelts. All right. The leather seats might be a little worn, but man, it's still fun to drive. And I still like breaking. I don't break it out nearly as much anymore because, well, I don't have the stockpile of ammo that I used to for it. But I will break that thing out and, and let it run every now and again because it is fun. And so that, that was my first pistol. That, and that was given to me by Jared Ross. <laughs> cool. So he started this, this whole problem or, you know, whatever we want to Addiction. call it. Addiction? Addiction, yes. <laughs> cool. Well, I guess where I'll start is, is with, with the Beretta. So this was really the, the first pistol that, um, that I, I still have that, that I was carrying. And it's as much as I th think we, we hate this pistol, um, it's like a giant paperweight. It's still, um, for, for what it is, it's, I have to admit, it, it's, it's pretty reliable. Um, as long as you, you take care of it. I know in my military career, I've broken eight locking blocks because I've shot so many rounds through, through this platform. So this is one that I, I carried uh, a lot uh, on the job. Uh, yeah, th that was the pistol that I first really learned how to shoot a pistol with was the Beretta, the yeah. M9. And how many thousands and thousands of rounds that, that I have through that gun. Yeah. And especially, uh, you know, at training, you know, how many how many rounds have we gone through from position three out to position four? Oh, yeah. You know, and then that long trigger pull. Yep. Oh, and just smoking that finger. Yeah. Um, but this pistol, again, as long as you maintain it and you do the maintenance, and as much as I hate it, it's it's really not, it's not and, that bad. It's and, you know, reliable. when you say that you broke locking blocks. Mm -hmm. that, it was designed. To, it was to designed it. to do that. And yeah. as the A-Team Bravo on the team, I would often have people say, oh, you know, it's, it's garbage because the locking blocks break. I'm like, yeah, and that's why I have a box of them. That's why I have a box of new barrels. So when you have the resource system, such as like, you know, the big green, it's the army, that you can go ahead and do that, that's not necessarily a negative on the pistol. Yeah. It's a feature. It's a it's a purpose design thing that the barrel life is going to wear out at 10,000 to 15,000 rounds. So at 10,000 rounds, the locking block will start to crack. And one of the very first things when I got a new guy on the team, I would take them and I'd show them how to inspect their gun properly. And it, you know, it goes back to the whole weapons maintenance thing. Like, I don't care... If you want to run your Yugoslavian Yugo with no oil in it for 50,000 miles or whatever, maintenance isn't just about lubrication and cleaning. It's inspecting parts. And that pistol right there is what taught me that. Being able to sit there and inspect those locking blocks and notice and see what it was, what it was doing, um, that really beat that home for me. Yeah. And... I can't talk about where I was at, but uh, in a place, in, in a place, doing, doing a thing. Th exactly, that's exactly exactly right. Doing a thing, and uh, and I found myself thankful that I was bending some rules and I had my Beretta on me. You know what I'm talking about. I, I do. Yep. Because yep. Uh, 
me and a couple of the guys, and they, they weren't bending any rules. They didn't have anything on them. We were being driven, and I didn't know at any moment we could be pulling down an alleyway with a bunch of dudes with uh, some Kalashnikovs. I'd lose, but at least I would, you know, be able to, to do something. Um, yeah, and one, one of the nice things that I do like about the bread is it's big and it's heavy, so the recoil is uh, is nothing, you know, compared to, to some other guns, some smaller guns or lighter guns. And I also really appreciate the fact that this is really the gun that I learned how to shoot uh, as a pistol. It's made everything else a heck of a lot easier. And, it's, uh, and, and carrying it as well. Carrying yes. Concealed. If I can yes. carry this concealed, uh -huh. which I did, I, I was just I going to say. smaller stuff. Yep. Um, that was the first concealed pistol that, that I carried for work purposes. And I remember thinking, this is ridiculous. You want me to conceal this thing? I'm six foot tall. It's not that hard. No. Uh, you dress appropriately. You have the appropriate holster. Um, it's not difficult. Then it makes when you're carrying a, an M&P shield, it makes it really easy. <laughs> it's almost like cheating. So what's the next one you carried? So after I went, I mean, we're talking purely carry gun. Um, after I went from the M&P, I've, in the last year and a half, I've, downgraded upgraded i don't know how we're going to say that but i have migrated to the glock 19 and there were several different thoughts going forward with this the primary reason i went with the glock 19 was i was recognizing that the evolution of carry ammunition and defensive ammunition has gotten better nine mil um there are good defensive rounds out there and that gap that used to be between 45 and nine mil is, it's closed. And so the carry capacity going from having, you know, maybe 16 rounds between two magazines with uh, the MMP, I've got 16 rounds in one magazine and then, you know, Glock 17 magazine on me. I've used a Glock not nearly as much as I've used a, a Beretta for work purposes. You know, we switched to them, mm -hmm. um, Two thousand. It was after Afghanistan. Uh, we switched. <laughs> Everybody knows what that means for you. Okay, so 2013. Okay. Um, so it was a while ago. Um, yeah, I want to say on on my team in fourth bat, we had a couple of them that we were using for the secret squirrel stuff. Mm -hmm. Everyone still had uh, had the Berettas. It wasn't until so I left active duty 2012. Wasn't until I came over to the National Guard. That's when. Finally, yep. the whole team got got Glocks. And so I, I've used Glocks, and I'm not – I don't like Glocks. You know, it's not like – but I recognize the, the quality and the consistency. Um, magazine, you know, ready, readily available. Uh, ease of use, definitely there. And then one of the big selling factors for me was that I knew I was going to go to an RMR for my carry pistol yeah. that I had decided that I was going with the red dot. And about a year ago, year and a half ago, you could find slides in aftermarket parts and things like that. And it was, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't like chasing after things and trying to make things that what they're not. And where RMR, we had RMRs at work and we had Glock 19s at work with the RMRs on them. It already, was familiar so i made the switch and of course i can't 
cosmetically leave anything alone, so I did do some stippling to the, the gun. We'll look at that a little bit yeah. later. Um, and that is, so I've really, for personal use, only ever had two carry guns. Okay. Well, one of the guns that I, I purchased early on was I, I got one of these Beretta. Uh, you top. really like Berettas, don't you? Actually, not really. But this is <laughs> such a useful little pistol. But I got this 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 Tomcat. So it's nice. It's a twenty-two. You know, it's got a seven-round mag. Plus, you can load one at top in the top, and it's just small and convenient. Uh, there were um, I don't know if you can still get them. I think they might have even been registered as a destructive device. So I don't know the legalities of it. But they used to be able to get like a wallet. So this would actually fit inside the wallet. So the idea is, you know, some chucklehead is coming to rob you, and so I'm going to hand him the wallet and I you know, give it to him. Better give first. it to them. Yeah. So again, it's just nice and small and and compact, and I even still carry it sometimes today, based upon you know it's a tool. So based upon uh, what are the circumstances or the situation. Going to the beach. Yeah, exactly. Going to the beach, um, or I was going to say something. I guess I better not. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's still a good pistol. Again, this one is is fairly old i think i got this one sometime in the mid 90s and you know still run it occasionally it's just good reliable pistol this pistol this 1911 this is one that i carried for a long long time late 90s into the the early 2000s so it was just a very cheap spring-filled 1911 that I have just started playing with and working with, polishing here, dropping in new springs there, and I've just, you know, it, it's a, it's ugly, it's a monstrosity, but but the thing works. Uh, one of the things that I did right away to it is that it came with a full-length guide rod, so I got rid of that guide rod so that you could, you know, load it as as as, as intended as as God yeah. or yeah. or. or you know, Moses, uh, yeah, yeah. John, John Browning intended. Um, so you can punch load that thing. Um, and this thing has seen a, a lot of abuse. And I dropped a, you know, one of the springs in there to, to lighten the trigger pull. And it's, it's, it's too light anymore. Now that I know a thing or two and I've got a lot more experience, it is definitely too light. Just because you can make something lighter exactly. doesn't mean you should. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, we see that. A lot. Mm -hmm. And then some other things that, that I did to it, too, that was just cheap is uh, I can show the camera, you know, the, the old school trick where I just took my sister, before I was married, took my sister's white nail polish and just, just put it on the front there and that, that front blade. So that's, that's what I'm looking at. He had to use his sister's because his is black. <laughs> hey, no, no judgments here. No, no judgments. But this is just a good, reliable uh, 1911. I've since grown out of it still like it still uh you know i don't think i'd ever carry it again unless for something very specific but i still like to get it out and shoot it well um, you know a 1911 it's there are times and places if you're wearing a suit and tie <laughs> i yeah it, that's but let's a, see yours that's an appropriate time to uh wear a 1911 um you know every man must have a dress gun if you're out there and you have a rolex watch get rid of the watch and get a nice dress gun whatever that is for you you know cz phantom 1911 you know whatever it is for you that yes i remember once jared sitting me down when he was many times counseling me being like seriously you're an 18 bravo you need a gun and he was like chris you need a 1911 you're from utah 
It's it's kind of like your birthright. You have to carry mm-hmm. this thing. And uh, I remember I showed up to my team, and the sister ODA that we had, they had a requirement that they never did team dues. The team, when you showed up to the team, you bought a 1911. And the team all carried and trained with 1911s. Okay. And then when you left the team, they would engrave the 1911 that you bought. And that was the, the team dues. Um, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, but at the time, I was being very, very financially uh, frugal. And uh, the idea of going out purchasing a $1,100 handgun at the time, man, that would not have flown. Uh, so I did not buy a 1911. Um, the only 1911 I own is the, the Christensen. And I was very fortunate that because my wife is related to the Christensen family through marriage, we were out there in Utah and touring the factory. And they were like, what would you like? And I know that I will buy one of their bulk guns eventually. But I know that I couldn't bring myself to buy a $4,500 handgun. So I was like, I'll take a 1911. And uh, yeah. I sat down with their pistol smith. I talked out what I wanted, and this is the, the end product. Absolutely love it. This is a Ferrari. It is a, a track gun. It's only for special events. I have to tune it up and make sure it's all nice and working, put it on, and, you know, it's totally functional. It will do the job. I don't know if it would do the job for four magazines yeah. without a, a little tune-up. So <laughs> if it's a massive event, I need to upgrade or, you know, get something more effective. Um, but on the range, you know, I'll take it out and I'll shoot it. And, you know, first magazine runs absolutely smooth. Second one, absolutely smooth. Third, fourth, we start getting maybe a hiccup. It won't lock the slide to the rear. Really? It's that no. finicky? It, it, it is that, and then I clean it and it works just great. Man, that, that's, in, that's um, insane. But, I mean, the tolerances are very, very tight on it. And it's usually the, – the major malfunction that thing has is it fails to lock open on, like, the third or fourth magazine. Wow. And See, now I've never had that problem with my, uh, you know – Beater? My, yeah, with my beater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah. S- yeah. Some princesses need more pampering uh-huh. than other princesses. <laughs> you know? Some come from – where is uh, – um, Springfield? Springfield? Is that even a gun state? This comes from Utah. Okay. <laughs> okay, you know. okay. So. Well, on the job, uh, the, the last full deployment that I did with 5th Group before, uh, you know, I, I did it adjacent afterwards, but, but the last full uh, deployment I did with them was in 2010. And my team, we fell in on, on 12 1911s. So. That was one thing when whether we were alone or maybe two of us out there on the range working with our, our partner force, we made it a point to have the 1911 on our hip instead of the Beretta. But whenever we did missions and we're going out you know, collectively, then we all had mm-hmm. the Berettas. But there was a lot of respect that those guys sh- showed the uh, the 1911. And in fact, day one, um, when I was meeting, not not my counterpart, but when I was meeting all the, the other guys that I'd actually be training, uh, that was the first thing I did to start building rapport. Like... They were looking at the 1911. I pulled out and like, yeah, my, my 1911. John Browning, he's from my tribe. <laughs> oh, I'm like, you're a 50 cal machine gun. Yeah. My tribe. My tribe. My tribe. Yep. And that, that, yep. that connected. Talking about uh, 1911s in fifth group, when I showed up to my team, we had three 1911s on the team. One of them was a U.S. switch and signal. Oh, no way. Yeah. And the other, one of the other ones was a singer. 
the third one was it was just a cult. Oh, but, you know, I mean, whatever. You know, but uh, I thought that was so cool, such a piece of history, and I was really really excited about it. And everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah. So a sewing machine company made guns during World War II. And, and I remember I left to go to the Fox course, and my junior Bravo um, ended up trading them to the B team because he didn't understand the significance, yeah. the historical significance to them. So, yeah. There's some fun history out there. 1911, no air conditioning, no seatbelts, but a lot of the things that we take for granted in our modern firearms definitely come out of that absolutely so like you um i made that switch then to, to the glock 19 we started picking them up in group um and when i was then when i got to 20th group i started instructing for cephalic group was making that transition from the from the m9 to the breda to the glock 19 so i figured i i might as well become as familiar with it and as good with it as, as possible. So I have a couple of different Glock 19s that I've purchased over the years, but this was the first one, which started out just as a stock uh, Gen 3 uh, Glock 19. And I like to say that I, I, I hate Glocks as well. I, I'm, I don't like the way they feel or whatever, but man, over, over time, that's the one that I keep going back to because it's it's like it's like an AK. It's just so so reliable and so simple in, it, in its construction. Um, all my dislikes are just purely you know, a, not even opinion, but just like because I'm finicky. But uh, I ha can't say anything bad about its performance and, and how it functions. It's it's a good pistol. Yeah, I have to admit, with this is a Gen Four, and one of the first things that I did was. I shaved off the finger grooves because I always hated that on the work guns. And I'm like, they don't fit my fingers. I It really bothers me. Well, it's my gun. I can hey, shave it down. Did I say down. Gen 3? You said Gen 3, yes. Okay, it's not a Gen 3. It's a Gen 4. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Getting ahead of myself. So I, I shaved down the finger grooves and textured it, and I'm, I'm reluctantly happy with it. Mm -hmm. And I am very happy with its performance and its reliability. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have any slide locking issues. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that, and I, I know that you're out there, you think that every podcast we have is about you. So I'm going to say this. You know that individual I'm talking about, it's like my, my gun has to run whatever ammunition I have. Steel case, aluminum case, brass case, plastic case. It's got to run it. That thing runs everything. Without mm -hmm. complaint. It's never had that, like, whoa, aluminum? I know that's all you could find, but uh, I'm too good for that, you know. Um, and I do appreciate that. Uh, another thing with one of the reasons why I made that switch from the 45 caliber down to, to the Glock 19 into the 9 mil is you'd mentioned earlier just modern ammunition. Yeah. And it's true. We've – there's – been a lot of improvements with modern ammo i remembered i was up on the catwalk observing and running uh, guys and teams through the shoot house and in between runs i was was talking with the then oic of of cephalic and his day job was he was um if i re recall correctly he was the head of the firearms training for the fbi out of uh, the chicago branch or the, so the chicago uh, office 
and he was actually involved in a lot of the testing and everything they did. And you could, he was talking to me, um, telling me that, yeah, nine mil's the way to go. That's why we, the FBI, have now switched, made that transition to nine mil. And you could almost see like the, the tears starting in his eye. And he's like, but I'm a 45 guy and, and I love my 1911, but, and you know, you could see that, that quiver of, a, of the tear. I ha- even I have to admit, nine millimeter is, that is the well, way to go. It, it's like we said at the beginning, it's an evolution. Yeah. We are evolving through this. You can't be married to one thing. You can't be like, oh, I will always run a Glock 19. I'm going to always run a Glock 19 until that next thing comes along that's better. And then I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to train with that. And when I'm as confident with that as I am with my Glock 19, that's what I'm going to carry. And it's just, I think too much as a society, we're too quick to my favorite football team. You know, I will never abandon whatever <laughs> bad analogy. Uh, yeah, that's bad. I will never abandon the Raiders. That's my brother's favorite team. I think <laughs> uh, I will always be a Raiders fan. Okay. Um, that's fine with something like football, right? That your life doesn't depend on that. But these tools, your life, and not only your life, but your family's life depends on it. So you need to be able to evolve. If something better comes out, you need to be able to go to it. Uh, And if it's, you know, something that's experimental, like, hey, we've all decided that the, um, the 5.7 round is definitely, that's where it's at. Okay, now you have to make that assessment. Well, I can't get five seven, so it may be better right now. But until I can stockpile and get enough of that, I may not start shooting. I'll still carry the the Glock nineteen until I have that ability. Um, and you have to understand if you're stuck in the past, like nope, forty cal. I, I was a police officer. I shot forty cal the entire time. As a police officer, I'm never going to change. You're you're living in the past. You're living off of previous experiences. If I did the same thing with, well, when I was, you know, in the 82nd Airborne, we had PVS-7 Bravos. And, you know, they were good enough for me to drive a Humvee at night. I'm never going to use any other night vision because, you know, that's what I used when I was in the Army. Um, and, I mean, there are people out there that they actually feel that way. Yeah, but 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 he... After being exposed to some white FOSS dual tubes, well, he's he's now upgrading. Yes, yes. <laughs> I actually wasn't calling anyone in particular uh-huh. out about that, but I, I'm saying that um, you will recognize that we we can evolve, and especially when it comes to this world, don't don't get married to things. Yeah, have classics. I have a 1911. You have a 1911 that we will always have until my favorite grandchild inherits it. Um, (laughs) But I'm not going to only use that because, oh, it's always done right for me or anything like that. You have to be willing to evolve. Well, along that, along those lines, these are a tool. Yeah. Right. So another one that I I carry and that I actually carry often is a nine mil uh, MMP shield. And one of the primary reasons why I, I carry this is because with my wife and with other family members and uh, my small group of, you know, associates, this is the standard one that most people are, are carrying. So whenever we're in a group or we're going to be out close together, or whatever, then this is what I, I carry. I, I would almost I prefer that Glock 19, 
But with this, then carrying a, an extra mag or two, I'm still not have the ability to, to work and it's interchangeable with, with everyone that I'm with. So again, you need to think, why do I have this firearm? What are the circumstances uh, and, and what surrounds that? So that's one of the reasons why I, you know, I have this, this shield and, and do carry it. And, and this, this is just a stock one too. There's, yep. I haven't done anything to it. What, once again, Jared being my mentor, I have purchased a MMP shield in nine mil <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, there are times that we're going out as a group of people and that's what the majority of people are carrying. And just like on the ODA where you have that one guy who's like, well, no, I want to carry my Walther. No, man, we're all carrying M9 Bredas. I know it, it's bulky, but that's what we're carrying because everyone's carrying it. Yeah. Um, and then you train with it. You have to be proficient with it. I take out the shield, and I do run, dry runs with it, and I do live fires with it. I shoot my carry ammunition through it, so I know how it performs. Not as much as my Glock 19, but I will put rounds through it and know how those rounds behave. Yeah, absolutely. You know, talking about having developmental and, and evolving, you, it's okay to have a, a range gun that is not your carry gun. It's something that you come out and play with. So I got this sick. I got a great deal on it. I couldn't resist it. And this is a really fun, comfortable gun to shoot. I like the trigger. I love the trigger on this thing. It's much better than what's in the Glock 19. But there are some other things that I don't like about it. I don't like the safety on it. And yes, you can take that off. But then I don't like that hole sitting in the frame. I don't like the fact that I'm modifying the original configuration of this weapon system. Um, you know, coming into the future with the red dots being a, a thing, I want to have a platform that I can experiment with different red dots on that isn't my everyday carry. So I've got a, a Sig Romeo Pro on here to try it out and see if I like that. If You know, it's a little bit bigger of a, a window. Um, I can beat it up on this pistol uh, as opposed to my everyday carry gun. Um, trying out the new um, Surefire TLR VLR or VIR, yeah, visible visible IR. Okay. Yes. Uh, so it's it's got the combination of the visible white light, but it also has the IR laser. In case you know, I'm I'm running around just with my pistol who, doing who night vision that? work. Uh, stream stream. You said Surefire. Did I say Surefire? Yep. Oh, uh, Streamlight. Um, not sponsored by either of them, so you know <laughs> if they want me to get their name right. I accept monster as bribes. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's I'm testing it out. I'm, I'm seeing if I like it uh, before it goes on to my my actual carry gun, you know. Um, so there's a benefit of having that, that toy, for a lack of a better term, something that you can – a platform that you can practice on, that you enjoy shooting, um, that you can tr test out some different hardware and different things on. Um, and I'll tell you it, I do like it. It's a good pistol. Maybe when I'm done playing with it, one of my girls will inherit it and that can be their first carry gun or something. But now they'll probably end up with a Glock 19 or a, a MMP. MMP, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's one pistol, um, at work that we have replaced all of our, the, the Berettas with that SIG, but... Shoot, we've had that signal for over a year. They're still all in the box. We still haven't touched them because we're just, right now anyways, we're just sticking with the Glock 19. 
I so I left group, uh, retired just as they were starting to mm-hmm. filter into Campbell, and um, from what I understand, and I, again I haven't been there, but yeah. people I've talked to, they're going to the support MOSs, yeah, um, because it's guys don't want to give this up that we've we've built a a familiarity with it. We have so many rounds through it, and it's reliable, dependable. The trigger may not be the best, but we know it. We know what it's going to do. Where the SIG is kind of an unknown, and there's a lot of hiccups in it that, that we're not willing to accept. And a huge thing is when it comes to fitting holsters and things like that, you can't get the holster you want for the SIG with the light and everything. And, yes, okay, custom Kydex, that is great when I'm talking about me, Chris Johnson going out by it. Yeah, it's well, one thing going to like Viper Holster, yeah. getting one custom made for yourself. For me, I could get any light I want on but now it. Now we're talking about twelve guys on a team. Talking about six that, teams that team, on a company. Yeah, yep. it, it's just you. The custom shops don't have the ability to. A team is getting ready to deploy. Of course, you know we're not going to get approved to purchase until like a month out before the deployment. So then we got to like get three different companies to make the offer, and finally pick one. Oh, and you have 10 days. Yeah, yeah. And we need, you know, 60 holsters. It just doesn't, it's not going to happen. So that that's another big reason why uh, the guys that I know are sticking with the Glock 19. Cool. Well, I guess the, the last, or the latest, I should say, latest purchase I've made is I picked up a, a Gen 5 Glock 26. And the reason why I picked this up is because it's just so similar to the, to the 19, running the same mags, same, same. It's just it's smaller as, as that subcompact. Gross. It is. <laughs> it is. It is pretty gross. But it's it's a tool. So yeah. in case I yep. saw, in case there's a need, I wanted something that was similar. I'm not a really big fan of running that that backup gun, you know. So I couldn't see like wearing this appendix and, and having this stashed somewhere else. But if there's a need or whatever, that that's one of the reasons why I I went to this. So. Those are really my my pistols that I, you I know, carry. Talking about going down to the twenty six, mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking of going up to the seventeen. Seventeen, uh, because a lot of times, you know, we'll be on the range, we'll be doing a you know off the duty belt, and I wouldn't mind having a Glock seventeen set up in the same configuration as my carry gun. Well, if, if you can run a Beretta M9, you, you can certainly run a 17. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I just, that's something that I'm looking at, at going to. Uh, of course, when I start looking at it, I go down that rabbit hole of like, oh, there's a 17, or I could go like full crazy and get a, you know, a 34 and, you know, get all the whistles and <laughs> all the bells put on it. Um, and then it's, we're going into like my SIG here, that it's more of a, range toy uh, instead of an actual you know purpose-driven thing where I have a lot of Glock 17 mags because that is the magazine that I go to I have probably less Glock 19 mags than my 17s because you know, I only need one to go in the gun initially uh, for working off of concealed carry everything after that is going to be a Glock 17 mag I want the extra rounds or, or maybe something bigger you know um so I'm really curious to test those out because I have not had very good experience with the aftermarket, uh, um, ma- you know, magazines for Glock. Yeah. Uh, but 
hey, you know, if you're going to go 17, you you might as well go the you know, what full 28 or whatever that I think is. It's 27. 27. 27 okay. rounds, you I know, think. You might you get an extra 10 rounds, right? Yeah, it's well, and it's it's a mag pool, so it's I would expect it to to run fairly reliably. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll <laughs> again. You got to test this stuff out, and I right now, currently, as of this recording. I run Glock magazines because everything that I've run that isn't a Glock magazine in my Glock 19, I have some sort of frustration with. Until I come across that, you know, oh, well, this is made by Company X mm-hmm. and it works even better because I'm not a dinosaur and I'm going to evolve with technologies. If something better presents itself, I will use it. We talk about all the oh, sorry, I talk about all the time about tape switches. And I found in my box of kit something that has a tape switch on it. I have a, a Surefire. It is a Surefire. I can read it right there. Yeah. A Surefire X200 with a tape switch on it. I can't even remember when or where I got this, but it was in my box. Um, it probably has 100 lumens, but it's something with a tape switch. All right, so we've, we've talked a, a little bit about our progression, some of the different firearms that we've had, that we've carried, and both of us uh, with different backgrounds to start with. Yeah, to start with. Yeah. We've come pretty much to the same conclusion that the majority of the time we're carrying a Glock 19. Um, Why don't you go ahead and take some time and tell us about your Glock 19 and the things that you've done to it. Okay. Um, Mainly cosmetic. Like I said, I went ahead and I shaved off those finger grooves. I did not like those. I put an extra little cut right here into the magazine well, and the purpose for that cut is to aid in extraction of stuck magazine. Um, you know, that is a malfunction that happens. I'm not carrying all the time extended magazines, especially on that first magazine in there. I want to be able to uh, have every advantage I can. I don't feel that it necessarily damages the the frame. I know there are people out there that say, oh, anything you do is gonna you know, ruin the life of the, the pistol frame. So if I shaved a year off of this pistol, you know, yeah. okay, it's a, it's a year. I'll buy another one, it's okay. They're like four or 500 bucks. Uh, I say that now. <laughs> um, I did go ahead and make a little small undercut here into the trigger guard. So I get a, a deeper purchase with my fingers. Um, one of the issues that I had back in group when I was running the Glock 19s, I don't have ginormous hands but i have fairly decent sized hands and it it never felt like i could get a good purchase fully on the the pistol grip making that small cut there that gave me where i'm now actually comfortable on this with a normal standard uh, glock 19 magazine i did texture it using just a soldering iron and it gave a lot of little dimpling in it as well as when i was texturing textured the bottom of the trigger guard as a touch point for myself and right up here, I have textured touch points uh, where my fingers are placed, depending if I'm shooting left hand or right hand. So when I'm outside of the trigger guard, I have something that I'm physically touching, and I know I'm not off the front, or the, I know that I'm off the front, um, the slide, and that I am on the frame. As well as with my grip, when I establish that appropriate grip, it's kind of hard to to set up here. I can touch that with my thumb. And those 
simple cosmetic uh, comfort features, it didn't make this gun faster. It didn't make this gun more accurate. It made it more friendly to me. Um, and I did the research. I did the, the practice. I held a lot of different uh, setups that different people had. And that's one of the, the great things about the Glock is there's a lot of information out there. It's like the AR. There's a lot of people that have tried a lot of different things. And I found it was right for me. Um, I did put the RMR on the, the RMR on there, the Trigicon. Um, I believe this is the, I know it's the uh, second generation and it's the 3.5 MOA dot. And I wish I could say like, oh, I did the research and I bought that particular one. That was the only one available when, uh, I, when I purchased my RMR. I could not find them anywhere. Uh, so I went with what was available, and I'm happy with it. Would I be happy with something maybe a little smaller? I don't know. Uh, I am experimenting with different RMRs right now, different red dots, and seeing what I'd like. Uh, when I find something better, I, I will put it on here. Uh, because I have the, the RMR, anything with a battery, especially in my emergency situation, my pistol, it's an emergency. If I'm pulling this thing, it's a bad day. I went ahead and I put the suppressor height sights on it. And what I do with the suppressor height is I have a green fiber optic up front, um, and then it's just a flat black in the back. Um, night sights, I have night sights on a lot of my pistols because they came with night sights. Yeah, but as 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 you know, yeah. that, that's so much of a gimmick. It, night, night sights are like, uh, oh, do you want the, uh, the undercoating on yeah. your vehicle? Yeah. Uh, do I need the undercoating? Yeah, oh yes. You want to you want to be able to see your sights in the dark. Don't worry about seeing the bad guy. Uh, you know, uh, so th that's what I'm running as far as sights on the pistol. I have not done anything to the trigger. I've not done anything to the extractor. Uh, I haven't put in an aftermarket guide rod. Um, I actually did just have the guide rod inspected to make sure that it's still good, uh, <laughs> because you know I put some rounds through this and I want to make sure that. It, it's it's suitable my life depends on this my children's lives depend on this this tool as far as lights that i like right now um i am running the streamlight uh tlr1 um i don't know which iteration of of it is i i couldn't tell you what the lumens are on it it's bright it's not overwhelmingly bright and i have been able to find holsters both commercially and custom that will fit that light and that is a big thing for me. I, there are other lights out there that are smaller and more compact, but you have to go the custom route with it. Um, this, it's a, a wide enough in use uh, light that uh, there's enough products out there for it. So, yeah, I, I'm really happy with the configuration that it's in. Uh, not saying that... Next week, I'll see something different and want to change out. Still have a, a stock slide that I had cut down. Um, I had that done by, I believe it's Accuracy Precisions down in North Carolina. Um, good guy, but he's overwhelmed. He's got so much work that you got kind of hard to get in. So, you know, if you don't have that right now, it may be better to, instead of getting the cut down like I did, just look at the aftermarket slides. There are a lot of good ones out there for, for the uh, the Glock 19. Again, because it's such a common uh, weapon system, that things are available for it. Cool. 
I'd already mentioned my 1911. And, you know, that's, I guess, one that I'll talk about again briefly. So as my carry gun, this is the first gun that I really started to, to modify from its, its original uh, configuration. So like I had said, I, it had a, let me see yours. Got it. So mine originally did come with a full-length guide rod like that, and that was not part of the original design. Um, those have been added to, you know, what, for, for accuracy or, or for whatever. So mine actually came with that, but then I purposely took it out and got a short guide rod. Like I said, I was trying to think of, of being Jared does a lot of horseback riding. <laughs> well, originally that's what it was for, so you hit the pummel and, uh, and charge that thing. But... Um, so that was one mod that I did, and then I was just trying as best as I, I knew how, what I could figure out without much experience, different things I could do to mod this out so it'd be, you know, a, a better fighting weapon. And uh, so I did do some polishing and some other stuff, and I really shot this a lot and, and abused it a lot. Um, and I had already told you, I was thinking about, you know, front side posts is the one thing that I had, uh, had been exposed to is, yeah, put that on there. So, so that I did, but still... With this pistol, with an extended mag, so now I, with a 10-round magazine, still, <laughs> that, that, that's 10 rounds, and, 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 and that's it. And even though it is 45, still, that's, oh, that, that's only 10 rounds. You don't have to shoot rounds. twice. Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, my desire to have a good fighting pistol led me down the road to, as you know, as we've been talking about, to, to this Glock 19. Very reluctantly to this we, Glock 19. We are not telling everyone that that's what you need to go out and purchase. No. And I, I really like, and I don't have it here, but I really do like the uh, the uh, Smith & Wesson M&P, you know, yep. full size. Yep. I'm, I, I have one of those. I just don't carry it as much as I, as I carry this. So this Glock 19, it is a Gen 4, and it started stock. And then I just slowly over time... I started modding it and, and doing uh, different things to it. One of the first things I did is I started stippling. So I, similar to, to Chris's, I started stippling the side to, to rough it up a little bit. I also stippled the side right there as a touch point where my, my thumb would rest. That was pretty much the first thing that I did and realized I'm, I'm not breaking this thing. And then um, what it really was what got me a little bit more adventurous to, to mod and to change this thing was while I was, one of the first few times I was working at, at Cephalic. And at Cephalic, at least a 20th group, um, we run an instructor train up beforehand, at least when I was there. And I was there, I worked there about three and a half years from 2013 into uh, uh, the beginning of 2017. So when I was first there, Frank Proctor, if... Some of you guys know who he is. He was actually leading and he was in charge of running the flat range. So with the instructor train up, he would do a lot of the, you know, teaching us and, and um, running us through drills and everything. So we're all on the same page and, and a good train up for ourselves before we taught all the, uh, the students. Anyways, he had a brand new Glock. He went to do a reload and, and he hit the mag, you know, when he didn't quite go in as fast or as smooth as he wanted it to so he was mumbling and he uh he did his thing he shot the drill and then it was our turn to go ahead and shoot the drill so then uh what i saw after we were all done we were walking off the line going over to where the the tower is on the range 
I saw him there with his Glock and he had a pair of pliers. He had clamped on here and he was, he had it clamped on, he was torquing it back and forth, back and forth, just bending that plastic out, flaring it out. And uh, well, after seeing him do that, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I can do whatever the heck I want to these <laughs> things and it's gonna be okay. So that's what I, what I started to do. I bought a pack of Vickers um, floor plates so they would extend the, you know, the bottom of, of the magazine so that you could more easily grab and pull the magazine out. So I spent the money on, I forget how much it was, but you got three of them to modify three mags. And then after putting it in and see how they flared and where you would grab them, I realized, oh, I can do that. I can, I can spend more money for those mags or I can just cut this thing out. So, so that's what I, I did. Then I, I cut those out, cut out those scallops on, on the bottom again so you can grab it. And then after I cut those out, um, I realized every time I shot, and I shot a lot with my Glock right there on my finger, I would start to get a blister. So then I started with a, a buck knife, you know, with, with, a, with a pocket knife, just started taking more and more and more of that off until it got to the point where it didn't bother my, my hand anymore. So I, I did those. Those were really my first mods. That I don't know what's more fun, the fact that you had a buck knife or that you're using a buck knife to uh, modify your Glock. Well, you know, it's a I tool. used a Dremel. Okay, we, exactly. I, Dremel, Dremel. I'm not a Charlie, you know. <laughs> I'm a bro. I'm going to smash things with that rock. <laughs> anyway, so, so that's what I did, and it worked. And then we've already mentioned uh, Viper holsters a couple times. We're good friends with Joe. He makes a very good custom product. He can make very good custom holsters for whatever gun that, 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 that you have. So I was set up at a show, and he was next to me, and he saw my Glock. And he saw that it was obvious I just took a knife and, and he didn't appreciate the finish. So uh, very irritated, he, he grabbed my gun from me, then he, he finished those off and smoothed it out so it looked a little bit more presentable. You know, me, I, I don't care about cosmetics, it's, it's a tool. So Just make it work. That's right. So after that, then I did get an aftermarket um, slide stop. So it just extends just a little bit more so it's easier for my thumb to, uh, to manipulate, to either close or to push up to, to lock the slide to the rear. So again, that's just a nice little thing that, that I did. And you know, slide stop, that's from, you and I both grew up in the same what concept of how to run a pistol, mm -hmm. using that slide stop. Yes. Uh, as opposed to slingshotting or something like that. And I know there are people out there, oh no, no, slingshot, it, it, it prepares you as if you're having a malfunction, or, or you can't do a fine motor school and all, all those things. Okay. I've never had a problem. I don't know any Green Beret who has had a problem. Yeah, and I will say that I haven't modified that yet on my Glock 19, but that is on the list of things that ah, I could see changing. I could see putting that, that larger slide stop on there. Well, especially with thinking about when you just did a reload. Yeah. I just did two, three, four, five motor skills, mm -hmm. but now I can't do that another one, tiny one? To, to, yeah. to do that. Yep. Yeah, right. Anyways, that's, <laughs> it comes down you know, to training. Training and practice. So the next thing that, that I did with this uh, particular Glock, then as I, I saw the way group is going, it's the way the future is to get the, the red dot, to, to get an RMR or something on there. So then I have a gray, grow, gray ghost precision slide that was pre-cut. So I've got that really, <laughs> you're hearing that as I'm banging that, I'm sure. Um, really enjoy it i've got no issues no problems with it it's very 
good texture to it that that I can grab and hold it and manipulate. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's really good, and I I like it. I, I highly recommend that. So with that, then I put the RMR on top of it, and before I actually put an RMR on my work Glock, I put one on on this my my carry gun, and I ran it in a Pennsylvania winter, and I wanted to do that so. I get all the, the temperature variation. So I'm in a hot car, it's it's warm, body temperature, I get out of the car, I go to present it, is it gonna fog up or am I gonna have any problems? And I was very pleased with it. It's one of those things that, I don't know, maybe I'm an old dog. I didn't want to admit that, that, that I liked it, but it, it certainly works. <laughs> I've got no issues with it. And if anything, where it's really paying off now is as I'm stepping back. Yeah. Um, you know, 50, 50 meters, 75 meters and, and further back, having that red dot is is money. Um, Chris already mentioned uh, this Streamlight flashlight. Again, I, I'm used to to, uh, to Surefires. I have a sh- couple Surefire 300s that, that I've ran, um, but I'm trying this one out just so that we can do more low-light stuff. So as we start running our, our low-light pistol classes, using the nods with the red dot or using the nods as well with the um, with the IR laser. That, that's why it's on there is just building its, its, its capability. And another thing with flashlights, you need to have a flashlight on, on your, your carry pistol. You need to have a flashlight on your, your your fighting pistol. And I would suggest making sure that whatever it is, it's it's metal. Because if I'm going to, and if I need to, to punch a person, a thing with that, I want that metal so that their face is what's going to break and give, not a, a plastic flashlight. So, so make sure it's metal. I also like my flashlights. I've seen some where, where they're flush. Um, but I like mine to stick out just a little bit. And even with the threaded barrel on there for, for my can, with that sticking out just a little bit, it now allows me to push up against something and it's not going to, to knock that slightly out of battery. So I know I've seen some flashlights that, that keep them flush, but with the flush, then it's easy to, to knock that, that slide and just to push it a little bit out of battery. So an, another thing that I did is the stippling was okay, but it wasn't really what I wanted it to be. So then now I got, uh, we, I had the finger grooves because again, this is a Gen 4. I had the finger grooves taken off. And then we put uh, it, it's epoxy. And then basically with uh, grit is similar to a skateboard tape. Um, what do you call it? Skateboard uh, tape. But but it, it's not. It's actually epoxyed on there. So I put that and had it, actually had to put on all those, those touch points there. So it, nice and firm grip. So one of the things that we've experimented with and that we do in some of our classes, the more advanced ones, is wounding, simulated wounds. So, you know, you're you're wounded, and if you're wounded, that means blood. Now what's blood? Blood is sticky, blood is slick. So to simulate the blood, sometimes we've used surge lube and other things in, on your hands, and that this, this grip tape well, basically, the, the epoxy with, with that, that grid on there is really nice, as well as uh, the serrations and the cuts on, on the slide that even if my hands are bloody, even if they are you know slimy and, and sticky, I can still manipulate and do all the things that, that I need to. So this gun, I really, uh, as best as I can, had it pre- you know, prepared and, and, and did all these different mods. And this is a long process. Um, I'm talking like, my goodness. probably nine years worth of me slowly modding and changing this pistol and until you see what it is now. If any of you, I forget the issue. Man, I forget it now. 
but it was um, recoil uh, carry. I was one of the people that they they, they um, uh, spotlighted. So this pistol in an older configuration was there. You can see the cuts and some other stuff, but it didn't have the epoxy grid on there. Didn't have this slide. Didn't have an RMR. But you know, again, some of the other things that I that as time I've I've slowly been modifying and changing to so to get to where this is at. Have you put a two pound trigger in that? I have not. I have not put a two pound trigger in this. This is it's not quite a stock trigger. It's slightly less. But it's it's no New York trigger and it's, it's no you know two pound or even three pound trigger. It's 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 a good trigger and and why would that be important? Uh, this is our carry gun. This is something that we're grabbing in a an adrenaline filled moment. And yeah, my dedicated bolt gun that I'm taking a accurized shot with, having a very very light trigger on that is psh, of course all day long. This thing. I don't need that. I need that to be a consistent, reliable uh, trigger that has not been overly modified, that has weaknesses built into it, or is too light where I have a potential of having an accident of it going off before I want it to. You know, so something as simple as as I'm, I'm pressing out from three to four and I'm slowly taking up that slack. If I've had modifications done to that trigger and it's too light, mm -hmm. I'm going to fire that weapon before I'm fully out to presentation. You know, growing up on the Breda, taking out the slack, you got that double action. You take out the slack as you're you're pressing out. Um, it's just a. I see that too often people are chasing this this dragon of oh we need to make things lighter we need to make things faster. Uh, they they look a lot of times at the race world yeah at, at the the gaming and the competition where I don't carry a CZ Phantom, okay. That is a phenomenal pistol. And one day I'll buy myself one and it will be a toy that I take to the range. And I just make little tiny groups in paper with and shoot steel with because it's fun. Uh, but when I'm talking about a tool that I'm protecting my family with, I want that consistent, reliable, uh, always performing weapon system. And that's what I get with what I'm carrying. Yep. And I'm not going to try and make my Glock 19 into that CZ Phantom. And I see that's a lot of the... The issues that I see that people are having is when they're trying to take something like a Glock 19 and try and turn it into that race gun, try and turn it into this, you know, CZ Phantom. Oh, I've got $1,500 into my Glock 19. And then those are the people having the malfunctions yes. and stuff at class. Yes. Exactly. Trying to turn it into something that mm -hmm. it's not. About the only other thing that I've done to this is I switched up the barrels, and this is a Sansico barrel. So... The only reason I did that is, again, for the threads so that I can, can put my can on it and when, when need be. And I have used that can in the real world. Uh, I told you about that. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, one day I was leaving my house, and as I was driving away in the morning, I glanced over, thank goodness, I glanced over to beehives, and there was a skunk. <laughs> and uh, skunks, what they do is they'll go to those beehives, and then they will... Uh, scratch at the front the bees will come out they'll bite them and chew them up and suck all the juices and then spit them out so that's what this skunk was doing was going at her beehives so i stopped backed up ran into the house i had my my glock on me but then i had to get my can and uh quick screwed that can on so as not to disturb the neighbors i went out there when i went out by that point the, the skunk had already had left the bees and was walking on the fence and uh shot him a couple times 
Never saw the skunk again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's about the only other only other mod that I have with this particular uh, pistol. Anything else you want to mention? No, I, I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of information. We've we've left out a few things. Yeah, I, you know, this is a broad topic. That's one of the reasons why when we're asked this question in class, like, oh, well, how did you come to that? It, it takes a little bit of explanation. I, I think we did a pretty good job of explaining how we got here and why and had a fun time looking at a bunch of different <laughs> guns. A couple of things I, I do want to just mention before we, we actually close, and that's uh, we're talking about carrying, and we've showed these pistols and everything, but one of the pieces of kit that I've gone to for my mag pouches is I really dig the Snake Eater uh, these pistol mag pouches. One of the reasons is because they've got that that almost like yoga pants stretchy material, you know, so they keep it nice and tight, especially carrying concealed. But then inside, they have like a small, thin piece uh, of Kydex. So that Kydex will, will, will keep it slightly open so it's much easier to stick in your mags and, you know, and reinsert them where some of the other mag pouches that I've seen for concealed carry specifically, they have the same material. They don't have that Kydex so that it it closes in on itself and it's kind of hard sometimes to actually get those mags in. Yeah, I, I'm running one without the Kydex. It's very easy to pull it out. It works great. But putting the magazine, it is definitely some pull. And I've noticed that I've had mine. You've had that a lot longer than yeah. I've had mine. And mine is already wearing out. And what's nice, too, about that Kydex is uh, it's strong enough that you can actually, you know, if it's looped onto your belt, it's strong enough that you can use it to, to charge and, and do, like, one-handed or single-handed pistol manipulations um, if necessary. So it's, it's very nice, good piece of kit, highly, highly recommend it. They're inexpensive, and that's my go-to anymore. They are in stock, and they are $31. Yeah. And what are they called? He, uh, it is the pistol burrito. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, and they have double and single stack uh, magazine pouches. Uh, that also works. He says also great for flashlights. Yeah. Um, and you know, carrying a second magazine, it's not because I need that extra seventeen rounds. It's if I have a malfunction with that first magazine, I have something to replace it. So if you're not carrying a second magazine, figure out how to carry that second magazine. It doesn't matter if your first magazine is a, a 30 round, whatever you still need. Well, if you're carrying a 30 round magazine, you probably need a second magazine. <laughs> I mean, those things are garbage. Um, but yeah, you need to be able to have that second magazine and it needs to be something you always train with. You train with going to that reload and practice that. Well, I hope this was informative for you and you got a chance to you know, listen to our, our how and our why uh, we do what we do and what we carry. Um, like always, if you have more questions, hit us up. We enjoy doing some of these podcasts specifically you know, tailored to the questions and the, and the requests that we get. I guess that's it. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Stay safe. It's a Callahan full-bore auto lock. Customized trigger. Double cartridge thorough gauge. This is my very favorite gun. <laughs>
call it Vera. 